0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to you wherever you are in the world. This is James Schofield, the creator of the stories in Behind the Bottom Line. Today's story is called Another Death in Venice. And if you've been to Venice, can you tell me of a more beautiful, yet sadder city in the world? That March in 1948, it rained nearly every day in Venice, but we still went to the British Consul's tea party on Sunday, together with most of the other English residents in the city. We were in Venice because my husband, Reginald, was doing research in the city archives. We had rooms in a villa on the Venice Lido because the sea air was healthier for our son Davy than in Venice itself. Each morning, Reginald took the Vaporetto to the archives and I did my best in the local food shops before walking with Davy along a cold, wet beach. Everything was foreign to me, and I was lonely, so the Sunday tea party became the highlight of my week. Apart from the consul and his wife, the English vicar was usually there, some artists, a few older people who had left England many years earlier, and the occasional businessman, it was here that I met Miss Winterley. Mrs Hunt, would your little boy like a biscuit? She asked the first time we met, a few weeks after we moved from Oxford to Venice. I saved one for him when the consul told me you were coming today. I'm afraid there weren't very many. Davy did want the biscuit and sat next to her. I watched them chatting cheerfully, while a visiting insurance salesman from London insisted that the Labour government in Britain was full of communist spies. Davy and Miss Winterly came to my rescue. Mummy, he interrupted, pulling Miss Winterly along by the hand, this nice lady lives at the Lido too. Let's take her to the seaside tomorrow. After the tea party, we travelled back on the Vaporetto to the Lido together, and she showed me the house where she lived, just around the corner from our rooms. Villa Tesoro. I said. What a lovely name. It is, isn't it? she answered. Well, see you tomorrow. After I had put Davy to bed, Reginald closed his book and lit his pipe. Sad story behind Davy's new lady friend, he said. The consul told me something earlier. Really? She was an English nanny for the younger children of a rich family in Turin before the First War. The eldest son of the house fell in love with her, and she with him, but he was already married and couldn't get divorced. So he left his wife and moved with Miss Winterly to Venice, where he bought the Villa Tesoro. Goodness! It was a huge scandal, of course. During the war, he was an officer in the Alpini, so people overlooked his domestic situation. But in 1919, he died of Spanish influenza while visiting his family in Turin. They buried him there, and even refused to let Miss Winterly go to the funeral. How terribly sad! Why didn't she go back to England? He didn't say. Perhaps her family weren't too happy about it either. The next day, the sun came out. Miss Winterley became my friend, and my real education began. Over the following months, she taught me to speak Italian, shop and cook. And then there was the art. I'd grown up in the English countryside with dogs and ponies, and I'd never had any interest in... But Miss Winterly made every church, palace and gallery in Venice exciting. She told funny stories to Davy and showed us how you could see the same little dogs trotting around the Rialto that Tintoretto had painted 400 years before. Once a week, she went to Venice by herself. Business, she would say, with no further explanation. But one wet Saturday afternoon in October, she asked if I would come with her alone. So, Davy stayed at home with Reginald, and we set off. "'Where are we going?' I asked. "'San Michele,' she answered. "'The cemetery.' "'I'm sure you know the story,' she said after a while as we sat on the boat, "'about how I came to live in the Villa Tesoro. "'But what few people know is that I also had a little boy, George.' Who was born a year before Gianni died. Oh. That's why I stayed in Italy, you see. I hoped that if I gave Gianni's family time, they would accept his son. But George caught diphtheria and died when he was about Davy's age. I felt her voice start to shake, so I took her hand and pressed it. Well, then I had to stay and look after his grave. She finished. We changed boats at Fondamente Nove and I got some flowers, white chrysanthemums, before we continued the short journey across the water. San Michele was different from the English graveyards I knew. Every grave or plaque had been recently cleaned and polished by relatives living across the other side of the canal. Most of them had fresh flowers and a photograph of the dead person on it, so it felt like we had a silent audience watching us. There didn't seem to be any other visitors there that day. The rain rolled down the umbrella we shared as we walked to the far side of the island. Finally, we stopped before a small grave with a picture of a little boy "'in a sailor suit staring solemnly up at us. "'Miss Winterly bent down to remove a few dead leaves from the marble, "'and I placed my flowers in the vase next to the photograph. "'Then I put my arms around Miss Winterly and wept. "'I'm so sorry,' I said. "'He looked so very sad and lonely. "'I didn't want to upset you,' she said. "'But it was my last chance to show you George. "'You see, I have to give up his grave. "'Normally, it was only possible to have a place in San Michele for 12 years,' she explained. "'She'd already had one year extension, "'and the authorities said she couldn't have another.' "'But is there nothing we can do?' I asked. "'Miss Winterly shook her head. "'I've tried everything.' The only possibility would be if another family member was buried here. Then they could be put together. We stood staring at the grave for a while, and Miss Winterly looked at her wristwatch. You should go to catch the Vaporetto back, or you'll be very late. If you don't mind, I want to stay here a little longer to say my goodbyes. Give Davy a kiss from me. Travelling back to the Lido, the rain started falling heavily, and large waves rocked the boat. I was relieved to be home, where to Davy and Reginald's astonishment, I burst into tears and went straight to bed. I was woken late next morning by Reginald. Darling, he said, something terrible has happened to Miss Winterley." She had taken the last vaporetto back from San Michele as a thunderstorm rolled across the water. The boatman had seen her standing alone at the stern, looking back at San Michele. When they reached Fondamente Nove, she was gone. A fisherman found her body this morning, Reginald continued. A wave must have knocked her over the side. I organised the funeral with help from the consul. As Miss Winterley had said, there wasn't any difficulty from the authorities about burying her with George. I ordered all three names to be carved on a new stone, together with a different portrait photograph that I found. When I went to the Villa Tesoro, it was lying on the dining room table, as if it had been placed there for me to find. At the back stood Janny, dressed in his uniform, and looking very handsome, but very serious. And in front sat Miss Winterly, baby George in her arms, both smiling, smiling out of the picture, at me. Another Death in Venice was written for a magazine called Speak Up uh, and published in 2016. And originally the title was something different. It was called Miss Winterly, uh, but I decided to change it for Behind the Bottom Line. And there are two elements in this story which are quite significant, I suppose, for my creative imagination. Um, One of them is obviously Venice and the other is my great-aunt so my mother's aunt uh, Constance Parker and we'll come to her in a minute. First of all Venice so Venice is a, is a city that uh, probably many of you have visited at some time and I've been uh, a lot partly for practical reasons it's the closest seaside to uh, where I live in Munich but Apart from that, Venice is a city that is for many people, I think, completely irresistible. First of all, however many people Venice is filled with through day trippers or cruise ship uh, passengers, it still remains incredibly beautiful and reluctant to say if it wasn't for the tourists, it would be a great place. Because obviously when I go there, I too am a tourist, so I'm part of the problem over the years that i've been visiting it and i've been going to venice since since i was a child it's uh, indisputably got worse of course uh, people uh, visitors to venice have always complained about the other visitors to venice uh, ever since the 19th century however now i think and maybe one consequence of the pandemic could be that uh, Venice itself will realize that it needs to maybe reduce the number of people that flood its streets every day from round about March until October and even beyond. However, as I said, Venice has been very important to my creative imagination for a long time. Um, I wrote a novella called Peril in Venice, um, and I featured it in another short story called Miss Winslow which is one of the short stories in Ms. Winslow Investigates, which if you look up on Amazon, you can lay your hands on. And it's a a nice little short story about a fraud. This story is a bit different, and it goes to areas of Venice where most tourists probably don't go that much. First of all is the Lido, which is just across the water from Venice. And I've often stayed on the Lido. Now the Lido was an area where Italians essentially used to go to on holiday so Venetians would go there at the weekend in order to go swimming or sunbathing mostly um, and uh, they would rent themselves a little beach hut for the summer. It's changing its character somewhat now as the overspill of People wanting to stay in Venice uh, has reached the Lido. But when I first started going there, it was really very largely Italian still. Um, And it was much more like an ordinary Italian town with the advantage of having the the beach right there. And I always really liked it. It's lots of um, Art Nouveau buildings. And of course, a large part of Thomas Mann's story, Death in Venice, takes place on the Lido. And I love those grand hotels that still exist. Now, on one of our visits, we stayed on the Lido uh, in a rented flat. And one of the windows overlooked onto a little villa, a villa a little bit like the Villa Tesoro in the story. And there was an elderly lady who in the morning would come and do her sewing, uh, either on the balcony or just inside the balcony by the window and she kind of fascinated me because uh, i wondered about the villa and i wondered about her and what she uh, and what was her story so miss winterley was partially inspired um, by this lady and the villa Tesoro was inspired by this villa which you couldn't really see very much of it looked like a nice building but it was uh, the garden was very overgrown and surrounded by trees The other main location in the story um, is that of the cemetery of San Michele. And not many tourists go there. Understandably, when you're on holiday, you don't normally want to go to visit a cemetery. But it is in itself really very interesting. Uh, When you approach it on the Vaporetto, you see these tall cypress trees. And it looks very much like the Isle of the Dead by the Swiss painter Arnold Bucklin, who was influenced by it a lot and um, painted, I think, five versions of this picture. And it is very beautiful when you visit it. There are several famous people buried there, Igor Stravinsky, Ballet Impresario Diaghilev. But most of the graves are just of local people. And as I describe it in the story, for an English person, it's quite strange because you have these photos attached to the gravestones. And generally speaking, the the graves and gravestones are uh, much better cared for than you often see in an English cemetery. And when you go there, you do slightly have this feeling of the, all the people watching you as you walk around the paths and look at the different graves. Inevitably, because the graveyard goes back to the 19th century, quite a few of the graves are of children. And I think it's very difficult not to be affected uh, by the pictures of these small children, uh, sometimes in sailor suits, like I describe in the story. So if at some time in the future you do go to Venice, then my recommendation would be stay there. Don't just visit for a day. That'll be a nightmare. Stay there and um, maybe stay on the Lido if possible uh, and maybe visit San Michele. Most people just go straight past San Michele onto Murano or Burano, which are also pretty places. But San Michele has something sad and mysterious about it and it's definitely worth a visit. And uh, if you're lucky, maybe you will find... Miss Winterley and George and Gianni's grave. And if you do, I hope you'll leave some flowers. Miss Winterly herself was partially inspired by this elderly lady who I glimpsed inside her villa in On the Lido. But the figure of the English nanny living abroad was also inspired by my great aunt, Constance Parker. Now, my mother was born in Turin. Her parents were both English, but my grandmother, who I never knew, I never knew my grandfather either. My grandmother wasn't very strong. And so when my mother was born, uh, my great aunt went out to help her. And I don't think they were particularly wealthy because my grandfather was uh, essentially a traveling salesman. And so Constance uh, got herself a job as an English nanny to a big family of industrialists in Turin and she lived there um, for the rest of her life. During the war she was interned but after the war um, she returned to the family although the children of course were long grown up but in actual fact I don't think she was anything like the character of Miss Winterleaf. Constance was quite a ferocious nanny, uh, very big on uh, discipline, very big on Uh, good manners, very big on proper appearances. From what I've read about her, uh, she would have thought Miss Winterly to have very loose morals, um, and I don't think Constance would ever have taken up with uh, any member of the household. So I'm afraid to say that uh, the figure of Miss Winterly was my imagination running riot. But what I find quite interesting as a writer is how two completely separate things can come together in your head in order to create something new and in my case I suppose this mysterious old lady in the villa who looked to me as if she must have had some sort of past made a good combination with my great-aunt living in Turin and so that's how another death in Venice was born. So I hope you enjoyed that story and finding out a little bit about its background. Quick shout out to one of my listeners, Jane, who said, who told me that she likes to listen to behind the bottom line while she's jogging. Now, I warned her that this story was going to be a little bit teary. So, Jane, I hope you remember to take your tissues with you. And to everybody, if you like the story, then share it with other people. Um, And even better, give me a review. Go to my website all one word, com. That would be fantastic. You could go there, visit it, have a look at what I've got and even leave a comment. Send me a voicemail. Give it a rating. It would be great. Next week's story is called Change Agent 001. You can find out what happens to Her Majesty's Secret Service agents when they have to go into industry. I hope you'll join me until then take care and goodbye